Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Taniguzzi with Edmonton's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Joining me today is A.J. Slavinsky, who is president of Mayfield Management Group in Edmonton. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Mario. Thank you for having me. Well, let's uh, just start by uh, you telling me what uh, Mayfield Management Group is and what you guys do. Yeah, so Mayfield Property Management Group uh, has been around for 30 years. Uh, we are what is called a fee-based or third-party property management company. That means that we don't own any assets. We just manage properties for owners on apartment buildings, and uh, we help and manage uh, condominiums and support uh, condominium boards. Mm-hmm. So tell me uh, just your presence or where you're at and and how many of those properties you manage. Sure. So currently, we manage about uh, 7,500 uh, doors. Uh, that's broken down uh, to about 4,000 apartment or condo doors and about 3,500 uh, apartment doors. We manage properties both in Edmonton uh, in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we've talked in the past. Uh, uh, tell me about your plans for growth uh, for the company. Yeah. So uh, uh, not only are we looking to continue our growth in, uh, in Alberta, the, the company itself primarily started in Edmonton. Uh, we did have some uh, customers down in the Calgary area, but uh, recently we've really started to uh, to grow in what we call the purpose-built apartment building industry. Uh, this is uh, where uh, there are very amenity-rich large apartments with, uh, with um, a demographic of basically uh, downsizers, uh, boomers who are downsizing, empty nesters, and then young millennials who are not really looking to buy a home today. Uh, but are looking for a permanent uh, place to live. Um, and, uh, and, and that really seems to be resonating down in the Calgary market. Uh, we've, we were working with uh, developers who are, are coming from sort of the condo side of the business, where I think in the last uh, 10 or 20 years, condos were, were the thing. Yeah. And uh, developers really focused in that area. Uh, but now uh, condos are tough. A lot of people aren't sell, aren't buying condos like they once were. So these developers are going into this purpose-built apartment uh, uh, market, and uh, and they need help. Uh, they need some knowledge uh, from companies like uh, Mayfield Property Management that has industry experience in managing uh, uh, apartment buildings and purpose-built. So um, yeah, so we're, we're we're growing. I think we're now over seventeen hundred doors down in, in the Calgary market and growing, and and, and uh, future plans to continue that growth there. Um, we've also opened up a, a, a division up in the Ontario marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're progressing and building our strategy to to move uh, out into that side of the uh, of the market or geogra- geography. And then uh, we do have some plans also to enter into the BC market as well. So um, we're looking to be a, a national company at some point. Okay, what does it take, uh, you know, in this industry in this field to be successful as a company? What uh, uh, what do you need to do? Yeah, I, I think you know. You know, when we uh, we we uh, enter into new agreements with new uh, developers, uh, the first thing we do is we sit down and we want to really understand their their end goal. You know, what is success to them uh, on a particular new project? And uh, we have that talk. We get an understanding, and then once we understand their goals, their metrics that they need uh, to deliver success. Uh, we, we determine where we are today and then we write that strategy with them uh, to get them to that uh, ultimate success 
um, uh, horizon. And I think, uh, you know, it's follow-up, it's communication. Um, I think technology is playing a big, a big piece in this, in this industry. Uh, when I first uh, bought Mayfield Property Management in 2016, the industry was very lethargic, very complacent, and I don't think they were really leveraging uh, technology like they, they should. And, um, you know, my, my goal when buying the company, I wanted to make sure that uh, we introduced the technology into the industry. Uh, consumers, tenants today in, in all disciplines and in all segments of, of the marketplace, not just the property management, are all adapting to technology. We want answers faster, quicker, sooner. And, um, and, the, and the property management space is just getting into that realm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what we're bringing. I think we need to uh, be able to resonate and communicate with tenants in a paperless environment uh, 24-7 and uh, be extremely responsive and quick. And I think that, you know, that's some of, the, some of the things that need to be done to be successful in this industry. So you, you mentioned you uh, bought the company in 2016. Can you talk a little bit about the history of the company? How long has been uh, it had been around, mm-hmm. and and just uh, the journey to to get you and, and why you bought this company? Sure, yeah. So uh, Mayfield Management's been around for thirty years. Uh, the uh, the original owner named uh, Edith O'Flaherty uh, is still our broker. Uh, she's still uh, a part of the, the vision. She she really believes in where we want to go with the company and 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 maintain Mayfield as a legacy. Um, and and I think. Uh, getting to this stage, I started investing in properties, apartment buildings in uh, 2020. Uh, so just over 20 years ago, started with condos across Canada. And then, uh, as you, you know, the saying in Monopoly, four greenhouses equal one red hotel. I wasn't going to be able to retire buying uh, condos and living off of that cash flow. So I uh, started trading those, uh, those condos into buying apartment buildings. Uh, focused here primarily in Edmonton uh, because the cap rates uh, were very favorable for landlords. And also Alberta is a great landlord-friendly uh, province. There's very little, if any, rent controls, which, uh, which makes that uh, a very appealing, uh, you know, appealing investment uh, uh, target. Um, so I started doing that in 2020. My professional journey uh, started with uh, Maple Leaf Foods uh, back in uh, 1987. And uh, I started in Thunder Bay as a sales guy, uh, carried a bag, moved out to Calgary, eventually ran Western Canada for, for Maple Leaf Foods. And uh, that's where I got my sales, marketing, and, uh, and operations experience, moved to, to Toronto, ended up uh, managing Walmart and Costco for North America. And, and where this journey really, really started, I left uh, Maple Leaf and joined an online gaming company called Cryptologic. And that's where I really got introduced to the technology piece. Uh, this was back in 2003 when, uh, you know, the technology, the internet, Google, all of these things now that we take so, so much for granted, we're just really in its infancy. Um, I moved to Cyprus uh, of all places to open up a call center, which really focused on customer service. And, uh, and that's where I developed really and honed my skills in customer service. And I, I mentioned to you before that you know, in our in our fifth year, we became the number one uh, contact center in the world in customer service, beating up FedEx and Carnival Cruise Lines. So that's where I really got my my introduction to to customer service and technology, and how technology and people and processes can deliver what the you know the customers uh, need today. So um, 
I ended up saying, looking at our industry, I have a passion for investing in real estate and thought, you know, the property management business needed uh, to adapt to the, today's new type of consumer. And um, so I bought Mayfield in 2016 uh, with the sole purpose of running a property management company from a from an owner's perspective, but again, you know, delivering uh, uh, through technology. You know, yeah. I think the formula that we used, uh, Mario, uh, in Cyprus to become number one in such a short period of time, there's three areas, people, processes, and technology. Processes are developed by great people. Technology is just an accelerator of great processes, but the one competitive advantage that uh, is very hard to, to replicate for competitors is the people and the culture. Um, when I looked back on my career uh, I and why we became number one in the world in, in five years in, in customer service, it was the culture and the values that we were able to uh, develop and infuse into the culture in Cyprus. And I ended up writing a book, actually, uh, mm -hmm. called uh, The Leadership Code. And The Leadership Code is uh, talks about how an organization can practically infuse values into their culture. And uh, with those values, I think great things happen. And, and that's really, I think, what differentiates our companies is the people and the culture. In your uh, journey, uh, AJ, what, uh, uh, what have you liked about being an entrepreneur? I, I like the freedom. Uh, one of the things that when I was in, finally, I always had thought and had a dream starting at a university that if I worked hard and climbed the corporate ladder, uh, that was the true uh, success, uh, working for somebody else, making lots of money. Uh, but when I finally reached the pinnacle of the corporate ladder, I found out that you're basically doing a deal with the devil uh, because, you know, you're getting paid very well, but you have no no time. Uh, I, I don't I remember my wife and I traveling and uh, I'd have to jump on phone calls and conference calls all the time, even though I was on holidays. And and that's when I thought, you know, I need to be an, uh, an entrepreneur. I need some sort of passive income. And uh, I don't want to report to anybody. I want to be my own boss. And if I'm going to put that time and effort in, it's yeah. for our own benefit. So do you think an entrepreneur is uh, made or, or born into being an entrepreneur? Mm. I think, you know, to be a successful entrepreneur, I think it takes a unique, uh, a unique type of person. Uh, you definitely can't be a follower. I think uh, successful entrepreneurs have always been a little different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we can all define what different might mean. But uh, I think entrepreneurs have always been leaders, uh, somebody who is not afraid to, to, to step outside of the box, somebody who uh, maybe is even contrarian in their thinking. Uh, but but uh, entrepreneurs have to be somebody that's different. I think I haven't met a lot of entrepreneurs that have been successful that are the type of people that are 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 introverted and uh, and 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 followers of the crowd or the norm. Yeah. So in that journey uh, of being an entrepreneur and in the business world, uh, along the way, that uh, you had mentors or people that you've looked up to, uh, as, uh, seeking advice or even even books or, or examples of entrepreneurs out there. Yeah, you know, I've had many uh, in the book that I wrote, The Leadership Code. I actually talk about uh, the values that I learned and, and the various mentors in my career that taught me certain different uh, uh, aspects of values and discipline, accountability, um, you know, innovative thinking. 
there are many uh, in my in my career. I'm also very very uh, um, uh, voracious in my reading, uh, especially early on. Uh, that that was another thing I needed to read every book on every subject, whether it was entrepreneurial, strategy, marketing, HR. Uh, made many notes over those years that helped me help me write the book. Uh, yeah. But but those are the things that uh, I think uh, you know are important. Those mentors and and, and then reading and just uh, getting more knowledgeable. If somebody came to you and asked you for advice, uh, what's the best uh, words of wisdom you have uh, for them to uh, in becoming an op- entrepreneur? Yeah, you know I, I get a lot of that. A lot of people asking me to help them out. Uh, the first book I asked them to read is Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, you know, we're not taught financial literacy in our schools. And, um, and that was the first real book that I started my journey, just reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then ended up uh, liking it so much, uh, read Cashflow Quadrant and, and the whole series of Kiyosaki books. And then that allowed me to, to get more and more uh, expansive in my reading. Uh, but I think everybody should be, understand the basics and understand that, you know, who, whose liability is it? Is it yours or the bank's? And, uh, and just understanding the basics and then, uh, and then going from there. But, uh, yeah, I think reading is an important part and, uh, of developing your skills to be an entrepreneur. Let's go back in time, uh, AJ. What did you, uh, you went to university? What did, uh, where did you go? What did you take? Yeah, well, great question. I started off uh, back in... 1981, I went to the University of Manitoba, took uh, electrical engineering. I thought, and in those days, Mario, you, you and I can, can share, but uh, uh, th- th- there was only a mainframe uh, on the university campus. We used to punch cards and I would stand in line with my coded cards uh, and run them through the mainframe and then take the printout and look for all of the, uh, all of the uh, errors and then re- reprogram the cards. Um, but in those days, computer engineering was just starting, and, and I wanted to be a computer engineer. Uh, but by my third year, I found out that uh, I didn't have the smarts. The smartest kids in the world were all going into computer engineering at that time. <laughs> so, so I left computer engineering and uh, ended up getting my commerce degree at uh, Lakehead University in, in Thunder Bay. And, um, and yeah, and then from there, got hired by, uh, by Maple Leaf. So you went, when you went to Lakehead... Uh... What were you thinking of uh, in terms of, of a career what, uh, and the career path? I, I, after engineering, uh, I knew right away that I wanted to be in business and, uh, and, and commerce. My grandfather uh, had, a, had a sheet metal shop and, uh, when, when I was growing up, and I always idolized his lifestyle. Uh, him and my my grandmother, my, my Baba in those days, Gigi and Baba, uh, they would be able to fly to Barbados or Bahamas and in the winter, come back, their skin would be brown. And growing up as a kid, I always thought, oh, I want to have that life. And I thought uh, that, 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 that lifestyle would be achieved through business. Okay. And, uh, but you and probably you- didn't realize that at, at that time as a kid, how much work it would, would take. <laughs> no, that's the thing. You know, I, when I was in corporate life, I was in corporate life for 15 years. And, uh, and I thought it was easy. Uh, you know, I had a lot of support. You have an HR department at, in, in Toronto, let's say, and you've got a marketing department, et cetera. And I just had to manage a budget and run a bunch of people. And I was very successful at it. But being an entrepreneur and having all that on your shoulders is completely different. 
Uh, it, being an entrepreneur is 10 times harder, I believe, than working in the corporate life and f- facilitating or, uh, or, or being just a functional department head. Yeah. Now, so, you you know, you are based in Edmonton, but as you said, you, you have a lot of work and dealings in Calgary. What are the benefits uh, as a business person for uh, being based in Alberta? Yeah, you know, Alberta, it's just a great, great place to live. Uh, obviously, our tax environment is significantly uh, lower than the, the rest of the country. Uh, I believe, you know, one of the things that uh, I really loved about uh, Alberta when I moved to Calgary in uh, 89, um, when I was in Ontario, uh, Ontario really didn't talk much about politics or didn't have a strong view in politics. I moved to uh, Calgary and and I fell in love with uh, David Rutherford. I don't know if you're yeah. you know, David. And I'm David's talk was... Yeah, exactly. And and just listening to the debates and, and the politics and understanding the issues of business and tax and then guys like Ralph Klein and, uh, you know, and, and, and how his success story. And I, I just think Alberta is one of the best provinces to live in. Uh, they're very, very much free thinkers, uh, very uh, supportive of entrepreneurs and, yeah. and the business community. And I think, uh, you, you know, if there's anywhere in, in, in Canada and, you know, I mean, we've lived in Ontario and, and Alberta, Alberta, hands down, best province in the world. All right. So uh, in this day and age, everybody talks about, quote unquote, work life balance. Uh, do you think you have it? <laughs> As an entrepreneur, I'm not sure if you ever have it, uh, Mario. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I do love to golf. Uh, that is my hobby now. Um, I've also, uh, I'm a football fan. Uh, I played sports. My dad was a high school phys ed teacher, so he got us involved in every support. Uh, but now I gravitate to football. I love Canadian and American football. I'm a season's ticket holder of the Minnesota Vikings. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, so that's how much I love football. What they call um, the purple, uh, the, the, the purple it? people eaters back in our time, way back <laughs> when. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so those are, those are my hobbies and my wife and I love to travel. Uh, we never we never did have kids. Uh, our kids are we spent that budget on travel. Uh, so traveling all over the world is is another hobby of ours. OK, so I got to ask you, like, uh, why Minnesota Vikings? Well, and when I grew up in Thunder Bay, that was the team that was on the uh, the American Channel team. So yeah. you just fall in love and it's only seven hours from Thunder Bay uh, south. So that's why. Oh, OK, super then. And any, uh, you know, over the years, any favorite uh, travel spots that you enjoyed? Oh, yeah. I, 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 When we lived in Cyprus, my wife today, if I said we're packing up and going back uh, to the Middle Eastern uh, culture, she would do it in a flash. Uh, when While we were there, we were able to tra- travel to Israel, Jordan, um, Egypt, uh, all the Mediterranean, uh, southern Greece and, and all of Europe. So, so that that part of the life uh, we really love, and then we love Europe. Uh, you know, Italy. Uh, you know, um, uh, France, um, uh, Spain are all areas uh, that that we love to visit. We, we've been to China. Uh, we love uh, we loved Shanghai, uh, Beijing, and the Wall, uh, Thailand. So we really we just love it all. <laughs> we just love enjoying the culture and uh, and 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 just uh, seeing how other people live. Okay, super then. Well, thanks, AJ, for joining us today. It was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you very much, Mario. All right, super. That was AJ Slavinsky, who is president of Mayfield Management Group based in Edmonton. This is Mario Tonagusi with Edmonton's podcast on Canada's podcast network. 
Thanks for joining us today.